0: You know, like I
1: believe in uh, opportunity and then your readiness to accept that opportunity. And together that forms luck. When that opportunity and your ability to accept that opportunity happen at the right moment, it feels very lucky. Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups
0: and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all the challenges that come with starting a business. Between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company, we wake up and hustle every day. And today we're talking, just
1: the two of us, about last week's episode with John Samuel, founder and CEO of Abler. Abler is a digital accessibility and inclusion company that was founded on the key principle that all digital content, including websites, videos, applications, are accessible for everyone, no exception. And if you haven't heard last week's episode, go give it a listen and come back to hear our thoughts.
0: All right, Court, let's get started. Such a good episode, yeah, like, was such good. an inspiring story. I know. Loved his like got a little
1: emotional a couple times there. I know. Travel around the world mm-hmm. and his like, ability to not let a disability mm-hmm. hinder his adventure. Yeah, I loved your question in the podcast of what would you tell your 18 year old self, and he said to keep screwing up Mm -hmm. and to have faith that things are going to be okay. And what would you tell your 18 year old self?
0: Well, at 18, I I think that it was just to to never stop trying. Like, I think there's a there was always a point in my life, and I think especially as a young when I was young in college, I just thought that. The decision I made was a decision I had to make for the rest of my life. Yeah. And you almost almost resigned myself to it, you know. And I stopped trying to find my passion. I just like this is just must be what it is like because I don't have the answer or it's what I said I always want to do. I always wanted to be a teacher. And I think if I could go back and tell myself it's just to keep trying, just keep trying to figure it out. Yeah. Don't settle.
1: That's good. Just keep moving forward keep
0: making mistakes <laughs> yeah I guess it's, it's similarly similar I mean I would I mean, I would, I, mean I would
1: write a novella to my 18 year old self I mean there's like so many things my 18 year old self had wrong and that I had to like learn and relearn and unlearn again mm. but I guess like I mean similarly like you don't you don't have to have it all figured out I was very confident 18 year old and I had none of it figured out mm-hmm. and I felt like if I uh, change course, or decide I didn't want to do something, or didn't want to believe something, or you know, just change my opinion on something. Like even from like moving from a Republican to a Democrat, like that was somehow like a failure or mm-hmm. like a.
0: Well, some people would consider it a failure.
1: Well, yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, like it's like <laughs> not a sleigh, like a a slight, la- like a slight of of your belief, right or whatever. That mm-hmm. it's okay to restructure and reframe mm-hmm. as you experience and learn new things, right? right? Like mm-hmm. that's actually a normal part of growth. But I, I felt like we kind of grew up in an environment where you did just kind of stay in your lane. Like, oh, you're going to be a mechanic. You're going to be a mechanic for your whole life. You're going to be, I don't know, a computer engineer. You're going to be a computer engineer your whole life. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't really see it modeled for us, people kind of moving in and out of yeah, but path. Yeah,
0: I I, I, but I think – I, I think a lot of that too is just that that wasn't, I don't think it was as normal back then either. Really? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I only know the experience that I have, but like, I feel like there's a lot more conversation now about like, you don't, you hear that often now, you don't have to have it all figured out. You can change your mind yeah. where I felt like that just, and I don't know if it's unique to our childhood or just maybe the times.
1: Yeah. You know? I don't know. I can't say. Well, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's only our experience. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, I, I guess just you don't have it all figured out and it's totally okay to change your mind at any given time. Yeah. And that, I mean, let life shape you. Like, let those experiences well, yeah, shape I th- your framework. I think
0: what was really refreshing about him and even and hit that piece of advice to his 18-year-old self was just to keep messing up is that there's a lot of times you'd say, well, if I go back and tell myself I wouldn't have made this mistake or if yeah. I could go back and change something I would. And there are certainly some things I would like pay a lot of money to go back and change because I don't. They did not make me a better person and it was not fun to go through. But the majority of the mistakes in my life, I've come out relatively unscathed and it's who I am. Like I wouldn't be the same person.
1: Right. Like more tenacity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. More more like just wisdom, wisdom and I think more confidence. And like I, I remember one time I called my mom because Ada had a fever and I was like, what do I do? And. And she was telling me, and I was like, I was like, when did you know, like, when did you start getting, like, when did you stop calling your mom? Mm-hmm. She's like, I still call my mom. <laughs> I go. Like, oh, so never. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like one of those things, like, where if a friend calls and that says, like, oh, my gosh, my kid has a fever. i be like, "Okay, hey, this is what you do. Like, and it, I wouldn't, it's like you become the person you're supposed to be through all of these experiences mm-hmm. and all the the things that you do right, all the things that you do wrong. And if you never had, especially wrong, the uh, bad things, you wouldn't even know what to do.
1: Yeah, I know. You wouldn't know how to, like, respond or, like, right. move on right. from bad thing.
0: I love this part, and I mentioned this when he was talking about it. Like, he, when he was telling a story about how he kept his failure from school, like, he wasn't honest with people about that, and he didn't tell people about he was losing his vision, when I was saying in the interview, I was just thinking, like, that had to have been so lonely. Yeah. And how hard would it be to have to consistently think through everything? And in and, and talking to him, like, so, for example, like, when he was talking about his favorite drink, it's a vodka soda with olives. Mm-hmm. And he said, because the drink, I don't think vodka is actually, is might not even be his favorite drink. He may hate vodka. Right. <laughs> but it's clear. So when he bumps into somebody, it's like a stain. Anything, and he has access to food that he can't because he doesn't know there's food being served, right? I know, but like I think about it, and like, what do I, I don't ever think that like thoroughly about you know about getting nourishment from your garnish? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, I'm just saying that he to maintain an image, yeah. to maintain a normal, what he what he thought was normalcy, right? Being normal and not um, drawing any attention to himself like everything he did had to have been so thought out and how exhausting yeah. is it to wear a mask every day
1: Well I mean have you ever told a lie?
0: Yes I've told many <laughs> lies in my life. I'm a very <laughs> well, but you good for, liar like, actually.
1: Told a lie and like you had to keep the lie. Yes. And you had to like think oh what did I say to that person, right? Or like if I say that, it's going to negate the lie that I Oh, said. no,
0: I totally, like, I literally. It's kind of like
1: that. Yeah. Like when you're little and you've told a lie and yes. you're, like, trying to, like, keep up this appearance and it's like you're trying to keep all the pieces
0: straight right. in your head right? so you
1: can maintain this lie.
0: Yes. I got in trouble one time as a kid because I couldn't maintain a lie. <laughs> and to my credit, I actually didn't intend to lie to my mom about it. Like, I got in trouble because I snuck off campus with my friend to go to lunch. I was a junior mm-hmm. um, and you can only be a senior. And I got caught coming back into school, and I was like, like
1: by administration or whatever.
0: Yeah, by like the campus cop person on a bicycle, and um, and I told the I told the school so I wouldn't get in trouble that I had just gone to get my physics book out of my car, right? <laughs> but they didn't believe me, <laughs> <laughs> so then I got after school detention, whatever, blah blah. blah. So. And I had said this lie multiple times through the day. So like I was convinced this is what it was. So then they call the house and they call my mom. And my mom actually did not give a shit that I did this. Like she would not have cared. I had no intention of lying to her. But I had told the story so many times that she said, hey, why do you have after school detention? And I told her the lie, right? So then I was babysitting. She'd call me where I was babysitting. So then I get home that day and I was like, mom, you're not going to guess what happened to me today. Because I totally forgot (laughs) that I had told her the story and i told her that like i got i went off campus for lunch i got in trouble got back in and i have after school detention and she's she's like oh yeah that's fine well then, like 10 minutes later she's like wait a minute you told me a different story <laughs> earlier and i was like i did <laughs> but like so i got in trouble for lying like <laughs> i was like but i technically told you the truth I know. i'm like malicious see <laughs> yes. you got
1: to keep the story straight
0: but yes, all that to say is, I just thought that it had to have been so, so, so exhausting. And when he said that he finally, when he went to his master's program and he like confided in a professor, and they kind of it, almost the professor gave him the freedom to say like, be you, like be who you are, like own this, yeah. you know, and let, let other people into it, into your life. Because at that point, you you would have to imagine there wasn't couldn't have been too many people super, super close to him. Yeah, he was consistently trying to like. Maintain an image.
1: I know, but it's like how much more amazing is it? Like everything you've accomplished is made even more amazing. by oh, right? The fact that you've done it with this disability.
0: I totally agree. But I, I thought that was, it made me think about, was there anything in my life, is there a time when I've had to wear a mask to keep up an image?
1: I don't know. I mean, I think probably like when I was having a hard time in my marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I there's people who are close to me that knew that that was going on, but there wasn't really anybody outside of like my... Right inner circle that knew that like i was really struggling mm-hmm. and i felt like i had to like go into work and put on a happy face and you know kind of persevere and get through it and um and i think being closed off and not being open about it made that the healing process and that journey so much longer because mm-hmm. there wasn't anyone to like process i wasn't allowing any outside opinions and right you know what i mean it was very limited view but I, i'd say probably during that time mm-hmm. it was probably very much a everything's fine you're like it is not fine. Things right. are not fine here. Right,
0: right, right. Do you have a time on.
1: like that besides uh, like today at this podcast? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if it's like me purposely trying to keep up an image necessarily. I, I probably though the most accurate is with family to be truthful. Like, like
1: when you're around family?
0: When I'm around family. Like when I'm around like like, my parents, I definitely act a certain way. Yeah. Um, I maintain a certain image that I feel like I should have in front of them. With, like, Sam's family, I'm definitely, like, I'm a totally different person. I'm just, like. It's a different image. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is it is a different image. It's just very much, like, quiet, like, don't have an opinion about anything. Just sit there.
1: It's very odd.
0: Yeah. But it's, there's no room for me in, yeah. in, the, in that space. So I just don't. I was talking to Sam about it the other day, and I was saying how, like, our job, like, our job is to be a social chameleon. Like, we have got to fit in into all these other different groups of people because we are – we are interacting with people so much. So, like, I literally can carry on a conversation with a brick wall. I can find the most – the person that I could possibly have the least in common with, find something in common with them and strike up a conversation, right? Because that's the job. And and I can turn myself into who I need to be at that moment. Like if I have a family that needs me to be more prim and proper, I can be prim and proper. If a family that needs me to be more like relaxed and chill and say the F word, like I can do that too, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think that uh, that translated over into my personal life a lot where I saw like this is who they want me to be or, or my perception of who they want me to be. I'm just going to behave this way and be this person. And they've never actually like got to know me. Right, because I never, I never was me. Right, because you, you
1: just portrayed an image that you thought would be acceptable to them.
0: Yeah, and not not the whole time. Like they've known me since I was seventeen years old. They've right. known me for twenty years. So obviously, I was who I was then. I'm I think when when I realized that the relationship was starting to get contentious, like when right around the time I had kids, is when I was like, yeah. okay, I'm just gonna like figure out how to deal with it, and how to how I deal with it is just not be myself and just. Be the get along person and it'll be fine. And yeah, you know, and 11 years later, almost 12 years later, like it's not fine. It's not (laughs) fine. It's kind of tiring.
1: Well, I know, but that says something, right? Right. Like, I think that authenticity, which he talked about, kind of led to Mm -hmm. going down this path and accepting where he was at and allowed him to meet his wife. And to, yeah, I know. So, like, there's something to be said for just being your like authentic and true self. And it's going to attract your tribe, right? And, You'll be able to excel and be. It's not like you're putting forth mental power towards preserving an image,
0: right? That's right. not you. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's so true. I think it's a great piece of advice, or even like a. You think about that moment in his life. If that professor had not like kind of put him under their wing, like mm-hmm. he would have missed out on so many things. Not not being not given that that push to just. Just be yourself. Like, yeah. Be who you're supposed to be.
1: Yeah. I, I really went through a lot of that recognition this summer when I did that yoga retreat. Like one of the things that kept coming up was like you're not too much. Mm-hmm. Like this thought of being too much. Like if I were to just like unleash the kraken, it would be too much, right? And I'm always kind of trying to make myself smaller to make other people right more comfortable or to make my thoughts less woo-woo to fit in with <laughs> a more – conservative view, or whatever it is, whatever it happens to be, you know, that that's not the way to be. Mm -hmm. And like my too muchness or my not too muchness or my whatever is going to impact the right people. Right. And if I'm holding it in, I'm only not only doing myself a disservice, but I'm doing other people who encounter me a disservice. Mm -hmm. You know, I totally teared up when he was talking about how he saw his kids and his wife for the first time. I can't even imagine. No,
0: I can't imagine it. I know it's like those videos of like kids, people being able to hear for the first time. I know with like the kids especially. Yes, and they're like, and it's like they they hear their mom, and you're like, I can't, I can't, I can't watch handle it. Handle this. It's gonna yeah. maybe start crying thinking about it. I know. <laughs> but no, I, know. I just, I just can't imagine not being able to see my kids' faces. Yeah. Like, and you know, Sam's eyes are. Like, yeah. How like, uh, and that
1: how amazing is, is that?
0: The, like, the science behind all like that. Like
1: twenty years later. Yeah. Yeah. Like thinking it's never going to get any better. Yeah. So it's not even like something you were waiting for or hoping right. for, but it just kind of like happened. I know. Yeah. That's so amazing.
0: It is amazing. I love that. Yeah.
1: So uh, we talked a little bit too about getting back to his, just keep screwing up how mm. you were talking about how you have to let your team fail. Yes, you do. sometimes. I believe in it
0: very strongly. Can
1: you think of a time that we like let our team fail and it didn't, I can think of times that we let people fail and it absolutely failed <laughs> like 100%. Not that we died from it, but it just felt like it wasn't like, oh, that didn't hurt too badly. Like, oh no, actually that did hurt kind of bad.
0: Yeah. Well, what time are you what are you talking well, about? I'm thinking
1: like when we like hired the wrong person uh, and But that wasn't we didn't let them fail. Unintentionally. I think we let them fail.
0: Yeah, no, no. I I think this I think is we more, mismanaged. Yeah, that's I think you're missing the point here. The point is when did we intentionally let like when did you see something and you're like, that's not gonna end well? Like, but I'm gonna let you do it so that you can learn that that's not gonna end well. Like letting them fail on that level. Like to me, it's. I think it might have been it was the Maggie Sarah combo possibly, um, and they started doing breakfast. Yeah, and I remember like they're how they wanted to do breakfast a certain way, which is fine. And I remember thinking like that's just not a good it's just not a good idea. Like you need to get mm-hmm. some like quiche. From, like, the Harris Teeter. Like, don't try to, like, make something in the mornings. But they had to figure it out, and they failed at a couple of breakfasts. Like, it yeah. wasn't anything catastrophic, but it was a failure of, like, the breakfast still went fine, but I think it was a failure of their time management and right. them realizing this was too much for me to do or whatever. Something I mean, like, things like that where you're like, I'm not going to step in and tell you that this is a bad idea because it's not going to impact greatly yeah. but you need to get to it because you need to have your own buy-in to it you know yeah.
1: I don't know I feel like for me the like, clearest thing is sometimes you with events <laughs> like this is why Dana cannot do events yeah because she does so much I'm not saying it's like a failure on the event level it's a yeah. failure on the like personal personal like stress slash yeah. kind of over the edge level I'm like don't do it Dana don't tell them that you can have X, Y, Z for this. I mean,
0: I haven't learned from my mistakes. I'm I just have saying, not offered in it, two how, years. How
1: many times? Like, but how many times have you been been down that path where you were just like, this is a lot to execute, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you just wanted so badly for that person to have mm-hmm. whatever it is that they wanted, and you were going to make yeah, it happen. that's true. Because so I, I, I know. I've in the opposite. I'd be like, don't offer it. Like, don't do it. Yeah. You're like, that's going to be fine. I'm just going to. I'm just going to. I'm just going to. Okay. Right. But I think you've learned. I thought the other day she was going to take on a wedding. She was talking to somebody, and I can't remember what the deal was. It was like some event management, someone she knew that knew her or whatever. And it sounded like, I was like, are you about to take on a wedding? And she was like, I almost did it.
0: I did. (laughs) I I reeled it in. Like, don't
1: do it, Dana. Don't do it. I
0: realized, one, I didn't want to drive all the way out to where it was. (laughs) And two, I didn't really want to do it.
1: Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's something I can think about. I can think about that. I think probably more on like the event side, where I've just in general, were like, oh, what would you price this at? And I'd be like, oh, I would price it at X. That seems like a lot of work. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get it, so I'm going to price it at this. And then in the middle, they're like, this is a lot of work for that. I'm like, I yeah. told you that was going to be a lot of work. <laughs> right. You know, we did not price it accordingly.
0: Yeah. It's hard to let the planners fail yeah like if I see something glaring I'm not gonna be like oh they need to learn I'm be like we're <laughs> gonna
1: fix this before it's a problem
0: right on the internet <laughs> right <laughs> yes but no I, I definitely think that like as you know a uh, manager boss listening or a listener like I think things that are low risk but sure. that but they need to have buy-in into doing you know yeah you know it's just things like Even when we talk about, like, organization, right, how, like, the inventory closet should be organized, I have very strong feelings about how it should be organized, but at the end of the day, like, they need to, like, not be able to find things and have it fail to realize it needs to be organized every single day. They need to recognize, know that, like, oh, this is the point where I need to reorder toilet paper. No, I've said, like, when it gets here, reorder your toilet paper. And then it gets to the point where they're like, oh, my God, toilet paper's not here in time. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So then they're
1: scrambling and they're going the, and yes, purchasing it. Yes, yes. And then they never do it again because yeah. they're
0: like, okay, like, yes, maybe at this point we should be, yeah, like we said before. But that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's I mean. Small little things. Yeah, yeah, it's small little things that I think are are perfectly fine to do. Yeah.
1: I think it's important to fail. It is. Landing on this kind of wrapping up. I loved when he said that luck can't find you unless you keep moving. Mm. Isn't that the truth? Yes. Isn't that like literally? It's it's like, to me, it's like so many like life mantras that kind of lead back to the same thing. Right. Like, you have to keep moving. You got to keep going at the flow. Like eventually something's going to stick. Yeah. Because I don't think, I don't really believe in just luck. Right. You know, like I believe in uh opportunity mm-hmm. and then your readiness to accept that opportunity. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And together that forms luck. When that right. opportunity and your ability to accept that opportunity mm-hmm. happen at the right moment, it feels very lucky. Yeah, But it's not because you didn't do work. It's not right. because you didn't keep building yourself and learning and failing and succeeding and all those things. It just happened to align at that yeah. time.
0: Well, I mean, I, that, I love that in general because I that's my that is my mentality in life. Like I don't believe in just letting you sit there and have things happen to you or make things come to you. Or like you got you got to create your own luck in a lot of ways.
1: You got to manifest
0: it. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I'm gonna make you a believer, Dana. (laughs) Don't believe in manifestation, but that's fine. It's fine. (laughs) But yeah, I did really, I did really love that a lot. I thought that it's a good thing to write out and stick on your desk. Like Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Like just just keep going. Just keep moving
1: because hey, don't you ever get to those like overwhelmed feelings like, and it's like paralyzing mm. like you just don't want to move like the next step just seems so daunting Yeah, I mean and that's gonna happen to me when I have too much laundry right mm-hmm. it can like it doesn't there's little things that will like paralyze me right? and it's just like just keep moving at some point you know maybe like someone's gonna walk in the door and like help you fold it I don't know but it's
0: <laughs> manifesting it gonna
1: manifest it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I And I, I think, too, like, I think the what I really, really loved about, about him in general is just his passion to help other people. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even about finding or, like, developing Abler, right? It, it was that is definitely a passion of his to, to help make the world more accessible for those. And I loved his statement of, like, it's made, it's intended for one, but it's made for everybody. Yeah. Like, I really, really love that. And I love just that mentality in general, but like, just his passion and desire to further like, anyone's life. Like, just when we talk about his employees, like, just making their life better and more well rounded and like more purposeful and meaningful. I mean, oh, it's so I powerful. That about,
1: like, that I, like, without hesitation, when we ask that question, like, what's the most rewarding thing about, and like, he just did a, a TED talk. Yeah. He didn't mention the TED Talk. No. He didn't mention who he's spoken to or, like, right. the people he's met. He literally talked about how he helped this person right. grow in a career that would be able to provide for them, just, just an, an employee. And, and I love how sometimes we think so big and it has to be this big, grandiose thing, mm. you know, when you talk about, like you said, like profits and building a business and seven figures and eight figures and whatever mm-hmm. – but his most successful, what he deems the most successful is this person
0: mm-hmm.
1: who he wrongly took out of that career originally right. and then came back and got her. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And when he was starting his own company and that's his most rewarding moment.
0: I know. It just speaks. I think it's so it just, much to his character. Oh, yeah. That's what I say. Like it just speaks volumes to who he is as a person. Yeah. And like. And you think about that and like – and this is one thing, the things I love about the podcast is you meet all these people and you're just like, I am so lucky I got to have a conversation with that yeah. person.
1: Make me a better boss. Yeah. yeah. Well, just
0: – and just a better person. I mean, I just – I I absolutely love that. And I, I feel like to me too, it's – that's what the world needs to be made out of. Like that's mm-hmm. how every CEO, how every, you know, employer should be is that, that that's their goal. Like yeah. that is – you know, ultimately what they want is.
1: Yeah. I thought thought, it was
0: really, really beautiful. I
1: did. I thought so too. Yeah. Beautiful person.
0: Yes, very much.
1: Thanks everyone for gathering with us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with John, we are drinking a vodka soda with olives, John's go-to drink. We hope you'll get a chance to make it this week and cheers to keep screwing up. To learn more about John and his business, visit Abler360.com, follow them on Instagram at Abler360, or follow his personal account at John G. Samuel. You can also find and connect with John
0: on LinkedIn. And to learn more about our hustles, visit CNDEvents.com, AnthemHouse.com, TheBradfordNC.com, and HustleAndGather.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram at CNDEvents, at Anthem.House, at TheBradfordNC, and at HustleAndGather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review.
1: This podcast is a production of EarFluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle & Gather.